do you deal with conflict? Do you run and hide when it occurs and just keep ignoring it? Or do you explode in anger when conflict happens in your life? Both of these are inappropriate ways to deal with conflict. Why not learn how to respond to conflict biblically? A few years ago, as an LCMS reconciler, I was asked to present a Bible study on resolving conflict biblically to a group called Secretaries for Christ. I thought today might be a good day to share portions of this program with my radio listeners. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries. We all deal with conflict, don't we? And I, I uh, want to just start by saying what it is. Uh, conflict is a difference in opinion or purpose that frustrates a person's goals or desires. It can be a simple disagreement or a more serious dispute that results in employment termination, a lawsuit, a divorce, or an injury. So many times over the years, I get calls from people asking for prayer. And one of the things that breaks my heart is when I hear from a mom or dad saying, our children are no longer talking to us. We had an argument, and they have a broken family. I understand what that is because my dad, although our immediate family had no problems at all, my dad, when he was 16 years old, uh, got into an argument with his dad, who was drinking at the time. His dad said, leave and never come back. And that's exactly what my dad did. 16 years old, he left his home and came to St. Louis and um, made a new life for himself. And he was a wonderful dad and husband to my mom. But uh, we didn't find out about this whole story until after his death. And so um, I understand the trauma of broken families, and I want to help you learn how to deal with conflict biblically. Uh, Of course, conflict also causes divorce, and uh, even something as simple as an argument with a coworker, which can cause lots of challenges in our lives. So let me ask another question. Should Christians be surprised when conflict occurs? What do you think? I say, no. Why? Because we're sinners. And even though we know Christ, we still sin. Romans 3.10 uh, says, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Romans 3.10-12. And a lot of times we quote that verse when we're talking to unsaved people. So let me quote another one uh, from the Apostle Paul. He writes much in uh, Romans seven fourteen to 25, I'm just going to, I have a few of those verses underlined. Uh, and here's what he says. I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And later he says, this is my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. And a little bit farther down in that verse in Romans, he says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
And so Paul talks about the fact that even though he's a Christian, he does not do what he should do. He does what he doesn't want to do. We struggle with sin in this life, and sin is why we do get into conflict often. So we'll talk more about that. But what causes conflict? In my experience as an LCMS reconciler, LCMS stands for the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate, Uh, I was trained as a reconciler, and my job, which is a volunteer job, was to go into situations where two professional church workers were in conflict. So it was usually in the church, and it was a formal process with several different ways of going about it. But one of the things that I often saw was that there was simple misunderstandings. And I would bring in the two people, if there were two people in conflict, and uh, as a facilitator, I would get them to talk to each other for the very first time. And what I would usually hear is one saying to the other, well, that's not what I heard you say. I thought you said this, or that's not what I meant to say. I don't remember saying that. I meant to say, this is what I think I said. Simple misunderstandings often are at the root of conflict, and we need to talk to each other. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Differences in values, goals, expectations, interest, and opinion. I have a niece that's just uh, announced her engagement, and one of the things that I tell people that are engaged is talk to your the person you're going to marry about your values and your goals and your expectations and your interest and your opinions now so that after you're married, you don't find out things you didn't know. You know, sometimes we're just not really good at talking about what we really believe when we're engaged, and we need to do that. Another cause of conflict is competition over limited resources. Money often causes conflict. And also explosive anger and other emotions. Now, I want to say that God gave us all of our emotions, even the emotion of anger. And it is not a sin in and of itself. It's what we do with that anger that causes us to sin. And I don't know that I'll have a lot of time to talk about that, but I do have an hour-long Bible study that I do on dealing with our anger. But it is a core reason why we get into conflict. So how do we respond to conflict? In Peacemaker Responses, it's a brochure I use from Peacemaker Ministries, one of the agencies that actually does this on a full-time basis with people. They talk about escape responses, appropriate responses, and attack responses. Now, under the escape responses, there are the denial, put your head in the sand and just ignore that conflict is there. That's not a good response, but some people do that. Uh, The next escape response is flight, run away, hide. Again, not a good response. And the very last and most drastic escape response is suicide, somebody that just has given up hope. Uh, I'm going to go back to the appropriate responses, but I want to go then to the other side of that, and that is the attack responses where you assault someone. And a lot of times that just starts with anger and just yelling and, and screaming at each other. Uh, And then the next level of the attack response is litigation, and the final and most desperate response is murder. How many times have you picked up the newspaper and read that a brother shot 
his brother, our son, our daughter, our best friend, and it started with an attack response, inappropriate ways of responding to conflict. Today, we're going to talk about appropriate responses, which include overlooking the conflict. If it's not something serious, you can overlook it. It's okay. Reconciliation, which is what we're going to spend most of our time today on, and then negotiation, and we probably won't spend much time on that. Uh, Dealing with conflict. God's Word talks a lot about it. It happens a lot in God's Word as well. So in Luke 11, 4, the Lord's Prayer says, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation. Now note, God tells us he will forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So there is a connection here. God forgives us through Jesus Christ, suffering, death, and resurrection. But he expects us as Christians to forgive others. And uh, sometimes we're not very good at that forgiving others and lead us not into temptation. I think when we don't forgive others, we are being led into temptation. So we need to be careful. In Colossians 3.13, it says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another as if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Again, this this theme of God's forgiven us, now let's forgive those that hurt us. And then, of course, Matthew 7, 5 tells us to take the log out. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And we'll talk more about how we take that log out in a few minutes. So instead of attacking others or dwelling on their wrongs, Jesus directs us to take responsibility for our own contribution to conflict by confessing our sins to God and then also to each other, asking God to help us change our attitudes and habits that lead to conflict and seek to repair any damage that we have caused. One of the things that I share when I'm dealing with people in conflict is often they'll say, well, I didn't do anything. It's all their fault. It's almost always, I would even say always, both people have had some input into this conflict. And what I like to share with people is ask God to reveal your sins to you. It's an amazing prayer. Pray, God, reveal what I have done wrong. Because many times you don't even know what you have done wrong. But if you pray, God will reveal those sins to you. In Acts 3.19, we read, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Have you ever felt refreshed after forgiving someone you were angry with or upset with? I bet you have. One of the things that uh, the the, the main area of the Bible that talks about reconciliation is Matthew 18, 15 to 17, and there are three parts in this verse to resolving conflict. Uh, One of the things that we do when we go into a reconciliation situation is we ask, uh, did you and the person you are in conflict with, have you used Matthew 18? 
And so many times people say, oh, sure, sure I did. But real honestly, there's a lot of challenges in that. So let me read this part of the Bible verse and make some comments related to how we go about actually putting Matthew 18 uh, into our lives as we deal with conflict. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Now, first of all, note God's word calls him your brother or sister in Christ. But let me make note that you do not actually have to use this reconciliation process with Christians. It will work with someone who is not a Christian as well. The other thing is that you might need to do this more than one time. Sometimes people say, well, sure, I went and I knocked on his door and I said, let's talk about this conflict. And he said it was not a good time. And so I did it. He just didn't want to deal with the conflict. Well, what we say is you may need to go back more than once. You may need to go back two, three, four times. You keep going back until you resolve the conflict. So don't think you just do it once. The other thing about uh, this uh, Matthew 18 is that it takes time. It is not appropriate just to drop in on someone. Make an appointment. Tell them, we're going to talk about this conflict. Let's have coffee together. Uh, Put aside at least uh, an hour. And that's a challenge because it does take time. And then a third is you can choose to overlook the conflict if it's not something just really major. You can choose to overlook it. I'm going to continue talking about this, but I have just a few announcements I want to make first. I want to thank you for listening to Family Shield. Family Shield is aired on 51 radio stations around the United States as well as internationally. If you are a Thrivent Financial Member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to Family Shield Ministries. Call Thrivent and ask for choice dollars or go to their website at www.thrivent.com. That's T H R I V E N T. Each week, Family Shield gives away a booklet to our radio listeners. Today, we're giving away Forgiveness is Forgiving. To order this booklet, call the Response Center at 1-877-317-4326. You can also sign up to receive the Family Shield complimentary email newsletter on the homepage at www.familyshieldministries.com. It's real easy. You just go on, put your email in there, and that's it. Or you can let us know, and we'll add that for you www.familyshieldministries.com. Thankfully, the gospel of Jesus Christ is free. I love to proclaim it to our listeners. But radio airtime is not. Please pray for Family Shield and support us with a gift to help us continue to air this Christ-centered radio program. Send your gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. I also want to mention two organizations that do conflict resolution on a full-time basis for both congregations and individuals. Ambassador of Reconciliation, which is based in Montana. You can find them on the website, and you can find both of these under our recommended links on Family Shield's website. And Peacemaker Ministries, which is www.peacemakerministries.net. 
And again, both of these agencies are on our recommended links. So if you are in conflict and need more help, these are two agencies that have trained reconcilers that can help you. So I I started with Matthew 18, and I read just the first part of the process, the three parts of reconciling. And I gave some comments about go and tell your tell him or her, her the, his fault between you and him alone. So you're going alone. Now let me make one more comment. If this is your boss, this process is not going to work as well, and you probably need to take someone with you in that case. And I, I that's a whole different topic. This is not something that's going to work as well in a setting where you have a supervisor that you're in conflict with. The second part in this Matthew 18 is if he does not listen, take one or two others with you that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now, first of all, I have, again, been in conflict or uh, resolutions uh, situations where I said, now, who did you take with you? Well, I took my best friend or my brother. I said, did the other person know this person? No, but I just decided that he would be the best person for me to take. Uh, if you're going to do something like this, the person that you take should be uh, respected and trusted by both parties and they should both approve of that person. It shouldn't be your best friend or your brother who knows your side of the story and doesn't know the other side at all. That makes no sense at all. The Bible tells us that there are certain people in the church that have gifts in this area. They are going to be willing and able to listen to both sides. They are going to be uh, Bible-based people. They are going to be prayerful people. So again, you do not just take someone with you without talking to the other person. And that's the second step, and that shouldn't happen very often. We always want to go to the very beginning. Go, you and the other person, and try to resolve the conflict. Uh, The last part just should almost never happen. This is the third part of Matthew 18. If he refuses to listen, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For when two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. That's a very popular verse about prayer. So I think that one of the things we need to remember in conflict resolution is to be praying. When I am in a situation where I'm going to be working with two people in conflict, I send them each a Bible study that I put together. starts with a prayer um, about God's Word and ask each of them to individually go through that Bible study and prayerfully think about what they have done and how they can take the log out of their own eye. Um, I I don't ever want to get to the point where we're doing the last uh, part of this Matthew 18, which we would call excommunication. Uh, It just shouldn't ever get that far. Also, I want to talk a little bit about the seven A's of forgiveness because too many times in our life today, we say, we tell our children, say you're sorry, and and we kind of learn from that. Um, 
Peacemaker uh, Principles talks about the seven A's of forgiveness. They're based on Matthew 7, 1 John, and Proverbs 28. All of these things that I'm talking about have Bible verses behind them. I'm not going to go into all of them, but I can share those with you. Uh, Each of the A's is part of forgiveness, and each word starts with an A, so that's why. Uh, First of all, address everyone involved. So if there's more than two people, talk to all of them. I would also say this is not an A. Don't try to resolve this through email. It is almost always going to escalate into a problem. Uh, The second A, avoid the words if, but, or maybe. But if you hadn't done that, then I wouldn't have done this. Just avoid those words. Um, If, but, and maybe. Admit specifically what you did. Uh, It's too easy to say, I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? Oh, I'm, well, I'm sorry that I uh, yelled at you, you know, whatever it is. And, and this is a good thing to teach our children, too, to, to admit specifically what you did. The next A is acknowledge the hurt. Uh, this person was hurt. As I go back to my dad's story that I mentioned at the beginning, I think the reason he did not ever go back was he was so hurt by his dad telling him to leave and never come back. Um, that he just almost blocked it out, and he was hurt by this because he loved his family. But uh, acknowledge the hurt. When you sin against somebody and you're in conflict, often one of them is very hurt by what you said or what you did. The next A is accept the consequences. You know, I have a uh, someone that I know uh, that uh, when he was young— He killed his mother. He's in jail right now. The consequences for him was that he will probably spend the rest of his life in jail. And um, we do things that are wrong, and we can say we're sorry. And God forgives us, but there's still consequences to sin. Uh, So if somebody is on drugs or alcohol, um, or drugs especially, and they're caught, their consequences uh, even though they might say they're sorry, there's still consequences to breaking the law. The next A is alter your behavior and tell the person how you're going to alter your behavior and ask for accountability and then ask for forgiveness. Those are the seven A's of forgiveness, and I think they're good things to think about. Again, especially not only for when you're in conflict, but even as you help your children learn how to deal with conflict biblically. Uh, Through the blessings of of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked it is destroyed. A man who lacks judgment derides his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. That's from Proverbs 11, 11 to 14. Hold your tongue. Gossip is damaging. And God's word tells us that. And I just, I love that verse uh, that a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. So just uh, think about those things. Uh, Luke 17 says, take heed to yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in one day, turns to you and asks for forgiveness, 
you must forgive him. God tells us to forgive those that ask for forgiveness. There are four areas of reconciliation that I want to touch on. Reconciliation means we glorify God. A lot of people say, well, I don't want to go through that whole process of reconciliation, but really gives us an opportunity to glorify Jesus Christ. Instead of focusing on our own desires or dwelling on what others may do, we rejoice in the Lord and bring him praise by depending on his forgiveness, wisdom, power, and love as we seek to faithfully obey his commands and maintain a loving, merciful, and forgiving attitude. So reconciliation means we glorify God. Important. Reconciliation means we get the log out of our own eye first. We have to recognize what we did to cause that conflict. And almost always, it is not one person that did it. Instead of blaming others for the conflict, we will trust in God's mercy and take responsibility for our own contribution to the conflict, confessing our sins to those we have wronged, asking God to help us change our attitudes and habits that lead to this conflict and seek to repair the harm that we've caused. And then reconciliation means we learn to gently restore. Instead of pretending that conflict doesn't exist or talking about others, behind their back. We will overlook minor offenses as we talk personally and graciously with those who offenses seem too serious to overlook, seeking to restore them rather than condemn them. When a conflict with a Christian cannot be resolved in private, we will ask others in the body of Christ to help us settle the matter in a biblical manner. And finally, reconciliation means we go and are reconciled. Instead of accepting premature compromise or allowing relationships to wither, we will actively pursue genuine peace and reconciliation, forgiving others as God for Jesus Christ has forgiven us, and seeking just and mutually beneficial solutions to our differences. So finally, last word, learn to control your anger. Ephesians 4, uh, 26 to 31 says, be angry, but do not sin. As I said earlier, anger in and of itself is not a sin. It's what we do as a result of that anger that often causes us to sin. It causes us to to gossip, uh, to slander each other, to be bitter, to have malice, and yes, even sometimes murder. So we need to be careful and learn how to deal with our anger. Um, there were two other things I wanted to mention in the discussion that I had with these women, which was much longer than this. I had them break into small groups and reflect on a conflict that they had had and had responded inappropriately. And looking back, what would you do now differently? I want you to think about that if you're in the listening audience. Think about a conflict. How would you resolve it differently now? We hope that uh, you will continue to learn about Family Shield Ministries. Learn more on our website, familyshieldministries.com. This again is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123.